Can the empty tomb change my life? And I would say the short answer is yes, it really can. And if you believe it, if you receive it, if you embrace it, it will radically change your life. It will radically change the way you think. It will radically change the way you face what you face from day to day. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is really the turning point in human history because never in the course of recorded history did somebody ever come out of a tomb alive. Never in recorded history did anyone rise from the dead. Jesus Christ changed history. And that was 2,000 years ago. For 2,000 years now, we have celebrated the death of Jesus Christ on the cross and his resurrection out of a tomb. The cross of Jesus Christ represents that place where sin was atoned for. For thousands of years, humanity, mankind, is aware of its great need. For thousands of years, human beings suffered with guilt and with shame and in various ways has tried to, to medicate himself or herself against the shame and the guilt. And the reason we celebrate Easter is because suddenly things can change for everyone who puts their faith in the one who died on the cross. His name is Jesus. And his great work was indeed to take away your sin and mine. This morning, there are many of us here who say, yes, I'm one of those who had his sins forgiven. I'm one of those who had the burden and shame taken away. I'm one of those who's been set free. Maybe you're here this morning and that has not happened to you yet. I pray that before you leave here today, you will experience the burden of guilt and shame lift. My prayer is that you will receive that gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ because that's what Cross Church is all about. But it's more than just having the burden of, of sin removed. It's, it's more than, than just uh, having your sins forgiven. It's about a brand new life that happens because Jesus Christ came out of the tomb. This is what Christianity is all about. It's about hope. I'm going to tell you today, hope is alive. And you may be here today feeling that you are in the depths of despair. And I can tell you today, you can have your hope restored. You can have your hope renewed through Jesus Christ. Back in 1977, there was a, a, a film franchise that was begun 1977, what was I, three years old? He laughed awful quick and hard at that one over there. Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay, I admit it, I was a teenager. Uh, it was the Star Wars franchise that began. How many remember that? Luke Skywalker, Princess Leia. The very first, the very first movie, if you boil it down to its core message, is a message of hope, really. We see the little, the little uh, android, or what do you call it, little uh, uh, 
R2D2, is that what it's called? I always get C3PO and all the mixed up, but anyways, yeah, a little, and anyways, he, he, he projects a message from Princess Leah, and it's a message especially for Obi-Wan Kenobi. Anybody remember that? Yeah, the younger generation and the older generation remember this, and here's the message. Princess Leah is bending over and speaking into the little, uh, the little uh, android, and he says, uh, help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. And you know the story. Obi-Wan Kenobi does help, enlists Luke Skywalker, and, and the story unfolds. And against all odds, against all hope, really, they're able to bomb the Death Star, and they win the day. It was so successful, people, that it was actually the highest grossing movie at that time, of, of all time. It grossed over a billion dollars. The next, the next movie grossed almost as much, and then the third movie almost as much. It was such a successful franchise that uh, in, this, uh, in this millennium, uh, he started, he, he developed three more movies. You know them, they weren't as successful as the first, and I'll tell you why in a moment. But those first three that he developed were all about hope about how hope was fulfilled against all odds. The evil empire looked like it would win the day, that it would crush out every sign of goodness, of purity, of innocence. It looked like the death of goodness, and it looked like evil would prevail. And of course, you know the story. Evil does not prevail. And you come out of that movie thinking, wow, that felt good. Most people don't really fully understand why, but I'll tell you why. People felt good and wanted to go back for more. It's because it addressed the deepest human emotion, which we call hope. Hoping that all will turn out right in the end. And that's why, after six movies, the Star Wars franchise grossed $22 billion. It was all because it was addressing the, the great human emotion that deals with our desire to see good win out over evil. Our desire to see things turn out right. And you may be sitting here today and you think, man, my life right now is not what it needs to be. And the greatest desire of my heart is to see God Win the day. I want to be set free. Some of you may be feeling today, I've got an addiction. I, I've, my life is in trouble. My marriage is in trouble. My family is in trouble. My kids are in trouble. I want you to know today that Jesus Christ is here, and he will help you if you put your faith and your hope in him. Now I'm going to just remind everybody, hope promotes the belief in a positive outcome. Hope believes that that Jesus Christ can come through if we put our faith and our hope in him. Have you done that yet? Have you put your faith and your hope in him? I want us to take a look at this passage of scripture. Can we put that up? And if you would read that with me, uh, all together, ready? One, two, three. Let us thank the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It was through his loving kindness that we were born again 
to a new life and have a hope that never dies. This hope is ours because Jesus was raised from the dead. And so here's the Christian doctrine or the Christian teaching about hope. We have hope based on this, on this one event in history, and that is Jesus came out of this tomb. Well, not this one, but you know what I'm saying. Because Jesus came out of the tomb, you and I have a hope that will not die, that cannot die. It's a hope and a belief that Jesus Christ can help every one of us in whatever circumstances we may find ourselves in. You may be here today and you feel rather hopeless. In fact, you may feel that you are in despair. Despair actually is the opposite of hope. But for those who put their faith in Christ, they believe that Jesus Christ is there to help them and to deliver them from whatever pain, whatever difficulty, whatever struggle they may face. I'm going to make a bold statement today. All of Christianity, this faith of ours, rests on this event. Did you know that? If Jesus did not rise from the dead, if Jesus was not resurrected, then the whole thing is a sham. You're wasting your time. You came to church for nothing. You came to church just to show off your new clothes. Christianity is a sham. It's a waste of time. You're wasting your money. You're giving for nothing if Jesus did not rise from the dead. But if he did rise from the dead, my friends, you have a hope, a glorious hope, that not only, as the scripture says, do you have new life through Christ, the life that Jesus described as the abundant life, the great life, the best life, but you also have the hope of eternal life so that you don't need to be afraid of death or dying. It's all yours. But it gets even better than that, people. Because the Bible speaks about the power that is behind this resurrection, that power that raised Jesus from the dead, that power is available to you and to me. That power, the Bible says, that resurrection power is available to you in whatever you are experiencing or going through in your life right now. You're fighting an addiction today. You're fighting with health problems today. You're fighting marriage problems. You're fighting with, with, with family problems. I don't know. You know. Maybe financial problems. I'm telling you today that when you put your hope in Jesus Christ, the power of the resurrection is there for you. A power so great that it would make Princess Leah and Luke Skywalker make their heads spin. Far greater than anything that we could ever imagine. And it's available to us. Now, I want to talk for a moment about this eternal life that's ours. I want to talk about this new life that's ours. Because here's what most of us have thought about at some point or another. What happens when I die? Some of us don't like, in fact, most of us don't want to talk about that, do we? we the fact of the matter is, is that everybody in this room is going to die. How do we know that today? You're, you're hoping you're going to get away with not dying? You're going to die. Would you tell that person beside you, you're going to die? Just go ahead. Yeah. 
and, and, and then say, Happy Easter. <laughs> now, don't you all feel good now? <laughs> We're all going to die. But here's the thing. If you put your faith in Jesus Christ, and you've received the gift of eternal life, then guess what? You're going to worry about. You're nothing to be afraid of. Nothing to be afraid of at all. Here's the thing that, that history proves. And it's not just my opinion, and it doesn't just come from the Bible, but all of history proves that mankind longs to know what happens after we breathe our last breath in this world. History proves it. Two years ago, we went to Egypt as a family, and we had, the, we had the rare opportunity of being able to go into one of the pyramids. It was absolutely amazing. We had to duck down low. The Egyptian authorities there were kind of almost pushing us into the hole, go in there. And Gloria at that point backed off, and I'm not going in that hole. And then Sarah said, well, I'm not going in that hole. And I thought, I'm never going to be doing this again, so I'm going in the hole. <laughs> so I went in, and because I went in, Jesse came in, and Nicholas came in. We went in, and we went right into the burial chambers of the great Pharaoh. A massive hall, massive room. And there his body would be laid, and, and with it all of the trappings and all the wealth of this world that he would supposedly take to the new world. That pyramid that was built, it's more than just a, a fancy tomb. I mean, it lines up with the stars, and there's supposed to be magical, mystical, mathematical mysteries that are all tied up with this so that that Pharaoh would be taken to the new world. It's, it, it, we see it through the generations. We see it through the millennia. Man has wondered, what happens after I die? Has anybody ever heard of the Terracotta Army? the great Chinese emperor who built a whole army. And if you look at every, every face of that terracotta army, terracotta meaning made out of clay, uh, every, the facial features are different in each one, making sure that they would be real in the world to come. We're, we're really worried about the world to come. We're really worried about what happens when we die. But here's what you don't have to worry about anymore. You don't have to worry about what happens when you die because you know that Jesus Christ conquered death and he conquered the grave and therefore you've got nothing to worry about. That's a promise that comes from Scripture. Those who put their faith in Jesus no longer fear death. And we know, we know it's real. We know that it's not a false hope because the disciples, they saw Jesus crucified on the cross. They saw his, his hands and his feet spiked to the cross. They saw him put in a tomb. And for a short while, they lost all hope. They thought, our dreams are disappearing right before our eyes. It's all falling apart. It's all caving in. They were looking forward to the time when they would rule with Christ here on this earth. They had, they had their own ideas of what was to come. And they saw Jesus placed in the tomb. And they said, it's all over. We've wasted three years of our lives. All our hopes have come tumbling down. By the way, is anybody like that here? You feel like your dreams have disappeared? Things have fallen apart? You've lost hope? Disciples went through that very thing. But here's what, here's what happens next. On that third day, Jesus Christ 
comes out of the tomb and he reveals himself to the disciples. Now these disciples, they touched him, they talked to him, they walked with him, they ate with him, they listened to some more instructions from him, and then they watched him ascend into heaven unto the Father. Listen to me. Because of the assurance that they had, they had a hope in eternal life based on what they saw happen here on what we call now Easter Sunday. So sure was their faith, so sure was their hope. Listen to this. They were willing to lay down their lives for Jesus. And in fact, when you look at the history, you'll discover that almost all of the disciples died very young, a martyr's death. They died not in vain. They died not as people believing a myth or hoping in something that might be true. They died as people who knew that they knew that they knew that Jesus Christ arose from the dead. And therefore, they were confident of the eternal life that would be theirs. I want the Spirit of God to speak to your heart today because some of you even now are facing death in your life or have recently faced death in your life. Someone close to you has died. Here's what I know from the Bible. We are not as those who grieve without hope. Rather, we have a hope that is sure. This is what the Apostle Paul said to the believers in Thessalonia who, who were fearful, who, didn't, who were unsure of what happens after we die. This is what he says. He says, brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death so that you do not grieve like the rest of the mankind who have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. It's our hope. It's the great doctrine of the church. We have the gift of eternal life. One of the things that, one of the, the, the great legacies that my grandmother left behind, my dad's mom, was as she got older, she started to talk about wanting to go home. Some of you have heard me say this before. And she just said, you know, I just, I just want to go home. And at first, as a, young, as a young kid, I said, well, Grandma, what do you mean? Like, you want to go back to, the, to your town that you came from? You want to go to Brandon? Where do you want to go? Uh, anybody know going to Brandon's going home? <laughs> no, she said, I want to go be with Jesus. I'm, I'm done with this old world. I just want to go home. And for the last years of her life, she looked forward to that time when she would go to be with Jesus. And you know what she taught me? She taught me, first of all, that I don't need to be afraid of death. But she also taught me that there's something better to come. And folks, this really is what the Christian message is all about. What happens in this world, what happens in this life, this is not the end of the story, people. This is, not, this is not the final story. This is just the beginning. This is just the beginning. Now, having said all of that, I've got some more good news for you. Not only do you not need to be afraid of death or dying, but Jesus has actually promised 
that we would have a new life, that we would have a good life. Yes, that's right. He called it the abundant life, a life that's filled with joy. When's the last time you smiled? I was, uh, I was with uh, some of the interns. We had our picture taken. We're sitting on a bench. If you're on Facebook, you'll see it. If you're on the Facebook. There are three of them are sitting there. I'm sitting on the end. I have my hands crossed. And um, I thought I was smiling. I'm smiling right now. But you see, now that I'm 50, gravity is pulling it all down and having a hard time. So I've got to kind of exaggerate it a bit. So I, I didn't see the picture. But uh, someone, someone commented on Facebook, and then I heard about this. Hey, Pastor Allen, what's, what's wrong? Why you, something to that effect. Why are you grumpy or something like that? I thought, what? So I looked at myself in the picture, and there I am. Now, to be totally fair to myself, the sun was shining in my eyes and I think I was squinting. You know, when you get to be my age, oh, I never thought I'd ever say that. There's a lot of stress, a lot of pressure. Life's hard. Life's hard. And it's very easy, it's very easy to get caught up in the pressures and the stresses and the difficulties of life. But here's what I know. Those who put their faith in Jesus Christ, God promises them a new life, a life that's filled with joy. And by the way, can I just say this? When I was sitting on the end of the bench, I really was happy. Okay, just setting the record straight. God gives you joy. And beyond that, he gives you peace. What do I mean by that? What is peace, you know? It's, what is that? It's that sense of calm in your life where you are able to literally be still and feel contentment that everything is okay. Do you feel like that? If you don't, then I need to remind you on this Easter Sunday that this is what Jesus intends for us. This is what he wants. If you've never experienced this, then I want to remind you today that that's what the resurrection of Jesus Christ is all about. It's that you may have a joy that comes from heaven and that you may have a peace that comes from heaven so that you know that all is well. Say hi to me, for me, please. When I um, was a, a teenager, it's getting louder. Don't look over there. Don't embarrass anyone. Look at me. Okay, that's a sign for everybody else. Make sure your phone's off. <laughs> uh, this new life, talking about peace. <laughs> This new life that, uh, that Jesus promises, it, it really strikes a chord in our hearts because really at, at, the, at the core of every human being is a longing for a better life. 
all the great books, all the great pieces of literature, they all deal with this, with this story of hope. Have you noticed that? One of the books I, that I read as, a, read as a teenager was Lord of the Rings. Anybody read that? And it begins so dark and so hopeless. And, it, and Tolkien does a wonderful job of, of, of painting a picture of utter despair and darkness and hopelessness. And you read through that story and you know in the very core of your being that good will prevail in the end. Otherwise, what's the point in reading the book? And you read through the first 600 pages or 300 pages or whatever it is, and then the next three or 600 pages, and then the next one. And then finally you come to the place where the ring of power goes into the volcano and darkness and evil is destroyed forever. And then begins the reign of the king. It, it strikes a chord in our heart. Because this is what we all want more than anything. We want a great life. We want good to win over darkness. And that's what this is about, people. This is what Easter is about. This is what the resurrection of Jesus Christ is all about. Jesus comes and he conquers death. He conquers the grave. He conquers your addiction. He conquers Satan's hold over your life. That's what Easter is about. About hope that you can rise above it all in the power of God. It's what our hearts long for, a better life. That's why people spend thousands and thousands of dollars on lottery tickets, hoping that if they win the lottery, their life will be better. There was actually a, a television program on, I think, TLC that dealt with people's lives that were wrecked by winning the lottery. Why? I'll tell you why. Because the, your only hope, the only source of hope, is a relationship with Jesus Christ where your heart is reconciled to the heart of God. Listen, you were created for a relationship with God and the only thing that will ever make anybody happy is if they are in right relationship to God. This morning, you may be here and you say, you know what, Pastor, I once experienced a great and close walk with God, but I'm not where I need to be now. My prayer is this morning that you would say, Jesus, I'm coming home. I want to come back to you. I want to get my relationship right with you. I want to get the joy back that I once had. I used to smile all the, all the time. I used to be content. I used to be happy. You can have that today. All you have to do is say, Jesus, I'm surrendering to you. Jesus, I accept what you did at the cross, and I believe that you rose again. Jesus, touch my heart again. Jesus, restore to me the joy of my salvation. Restore to me the peace that you've promised. This is what God wants for every one of us. Do you know this idea of a new life? Can I just say this? God didn't just come along to renovate us. He actually recreated us. When Jesus was nailed to the cross, the Bible says that all who put their faith in Jesus, it says that their sin was also nailed to the cross. So here's, here's what you need to know in practical terms. Alan Duncalf was nailed to the cross with Jesus. 
Why? Because I believe that Jesus died for me. The old Alan is dead. The old Alan was buried. And today there's a new Alan. And I can actually look at the old Alan as though it were somebody completely different. Listen, when you can do that, that's when I know that you have been born again. That's when I know that you are a new creation. That's when I knew that you have new life. Now, all this can be yours because of what Jesus Christ did for us at the cross and because of his resurrection. How do we know that this really happened? How do we know that the disciples didn't just steal the body of Jesus Christ and, and then tell everybody he rose again and now he's gone to South America? How do we know that? Well, we know that, first of all, because the disciples all saw him. And the early church the early church fathers, the early leaders of the church wanted to make sure that we never forgot the facts of the resurrection. And so for that reason, the facts of the resurrection were enshrined in the very first creed of all times. The very first and the most ancient of creeds is found in 1 Corinthians 15, 38. And I just want you to listen to this. Paul says, to the church in Corinth, he says, I passed on to you what was most important and what had also been passed on to me. Christ died for our sins, just as Scripture said. He was buried and he was raised from the dead on the third day, just as he, as he was raised from the dead on the third day. Just as the Scripture said, he was seen by Peter and then by the twelve, and after that he was seen by more than 500 of his followers at one time. Most of them are still alive, though some have died. Then he was seen by James and later by the apostles. And last of all, as though I'd been born at a wrong time, I also saw Jesus. This was the very first and earliest creed. It declared the facts of the matter. Jesus Christ arose from the dead. And we know that it's fact because he was seen by over 500 individuals who give testimony to that fact. I'm going to tell you, you could say, well, I disagree with the 500. Well, that's your prerogative, because at the end of the day, it still requires faith. You still have to believe. But for those of you who believe the testimony, and for those of you who've experienced the peace of God and the joy that comes from Christ, you know today how real this is, and you know it's for you. And so now, I want to, I want to do part two of Good Friday. Buckle your seatbelts. Take it over there. Grab it at the bottom. That's it. Over, over more, over more. Down. 
Let's stand. Y'all who gather here may truly live. Oh, the wonderful cross. Oh, the wonderful cross. All who gather here may soon near. What's his Heavenly Father, we want to say thank you for the hope that's ours. We thank you that hope is alive because Jesus is alive. We pray, oh God, that as we go from this place, it would be with joy in our hearts. God, that, that peace would reign in our hearts. And God, that if there's anybody here today who has not yet put their faith in Christ, we pray that today would be the day that the burden of sin and shame could be removed. And in the place of that burden, there would be new hope. And God, for those who are battling with, with sickness, with addictions, with sorrow, with sadness, God, would you by your spirit minister to that heart and set them free at this very moment in Jesus' name. And now, God, we worship you, we praise you, we commit ourselves to you. We ask, oh God, that you be glorified in our lives. And we thank you that our hope is alive. And everyone said it. Tell someone beside you, hope's alive! 